This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hi guys, um, Dave Thomas. I was just ringing to say that I'm loving the show at the moment. Um, trying to make some really good, you know. Cecil, I'm going home, guys. Let's arrive out of temple. So I was thinking, you know, you, you kind of made me think about Jesus for a minute. You, you put Jesus in my heart. Whatever you brought up uh, about how he, he sent the pigs or the, sent the demons into the pigs, and then like all the pigs run off the cliff. And I was thinking, like, what if we got the story all wrong from the Bible? What if he was more like Hitch? You remember Hitch with uh, Will Smith, where he's like he's like a superhero, but he's always like screwing up and always like, God, you're a dick. What if that was Jesus? You know, what if like at the marriage of Canaan? You know, like. What if they were out of wine, and that was a good thing, because they didn't want wine, because the groom was kind of an alcoholic. And then Jesus was like, let's party! And everybody's like, ah, Jesus. He was getting his life together, you know? Like, uh, what was the uh, woman at the well? Where he's like, you know, I could give you water that would that would uh, last forever. And she's like, oh, great, because my family's dying of thirst. And our farm's falling apart. And then, you know, he's like... Well, I kind of meant that metaphorically. She's like, what? You know? They're like, like after he healed the dude, the blind dude, and like the disciples are hollering at him later on as they're walking off, and they're like, hey, so that was pretty cool how you healed that guy, but did you have to spit on his face? And Jesus was like, no. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> All right, Gloria. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Gloriole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode number 187, and we are joined today by David... From the My Book of Mormon podcast. Hello, Tom. Hello, Cecil. Um, and we are incredibly grateful to have a card-carrying Mormon on our program. <laughs> it's, I didn't even know that you wrote the book, but I'm very impressed. It took a while, but I finally got it done. Quite the yeah. accomplishment. I'm pretty proud yeah. of it. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. You should be. It's it's gathered a lot of attention and its own brand of underpants. I have I have my own brand of underpants as well, but that's just because of the size, you know, just because of the, the quantity. You know, they weren't able to mass produce them. So I have to have them custom. But you still built, get to so put the male cool. underwear designer on your resume. So that's that's still right. cool. <laughs> yeah, it's un- <laughs> like I tell people like I'm an underwear model mostly because I can't wear other clothes. Yeah. So <laughs> you've mastered the art of turning parachutes into underwear. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's not as hard as you think. Two holes and then the strings are basically your suspenders. And for the record, I can say <laughs> this because I've met you two. So this is all true. <laughs> 
Plus, when you're hurling the frogs into your mouth, you know, it doesn't stain the parachute, which is great. So, I have no idea what that meant, but all right. (laughs) It's a Jabba joke. Ah. Damn, I, I, my, my nerd, my nerd alert went went up on very well. You didn't get your nerd on before yeah, you came sorry, on. I'll man. turn the nerd sorry. back on. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I love that he's willing to be like, dude. I didn't get your. I show. know, right? It's gonna be a fucking long night. It's fucking. We, we've been recording oh, for Jesus. just a few minutes. It's like, yeah, it's already uh, fucking say, done. So. You may want to just pre-record that statement and play it throughout the entire time because you will lose your voice by the end of this Let show, again. David. Yeah, dude, didn't get it. What? What? <laughs> that should actually be a ringtone. I want you to send that, that to me be. for a ringtone yes. for my phone, so you can just be like, "Yeah, I just didn't." Get I, that. I just want your I didn't get that. just you, Tom, saying what? That's a good enough ringtone alone. <laughs> I will send you that. Perfect. That would be... Sounds like a good trade. Listen, we can't talk about this story. This comes from happyplace.somecards.com. <laughs> so I feel like this is a reputable source. Well, this might be the, uh, this the might Mormon... be the first time that you haven't pulled a story from Right Wing Watch or Raw Story or. Yeah. <laughs> What's the other one? <laughs> friendly Atheist? I think those yeah. are the three. Friendly yeah. Atheist friendly blog. Atheist. Yeah, we get a lot from there. So. But but, I, but we found a new site. It's very exciting. It is. Happyplace.somecards.com. <laughs> I didn't even want to open this up when I was at work. But anyway, the Mormon Church finally explains the whole weird underwear thing with this informational video. And there is a YouTube video, which really, I mean, it, it really clarifies it by saying, Stop making fun of our underwear. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> when you call it magic underwear, it is offensive. <laughs> it's a pretty great video. It's uh, it's just, you know, some people call it magic or mystical underwear, but there's nothing magical or mystical about it. I'll tell you what. Look at that underwear. There is absolutely nothing magical about it. <laughs> nothing magical. It is the frumpiest underwear I've ever seen in my life. Did you guys read the comments under the video? There were people asking what I thought were good questions, like, so, like, does this, like, do women wear bras with this? Like, how does this work? You know, is there underwear under the underwear? And, yeah, some of the answers were, like, somewhat interesting. It's like, some women wear bras over it. I'm like, over it? What the hell? What? Over your underwear? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? And also, look at look at this, this image. And, you know, like, it's got, like, extra, like, package area for the dude. Like, it's got, like, a, it's like a cod piece built in your underwear. You gotta have, gotta have spots for the bulge now. I'll tell you what, man. Those Mormons, they are fucking, either they are very, very optimistic. <laughs> or they're, <laughs> or they're the fucking most hung dudes on the planet. I love the packages they come in. It's either this nice little light blue one or a light pink one, even though they look identical. Yeah. That's it, right? <laughs> That's how you know. I can't believe you got to wear a bra over your fucking magic under. I mean, this would yeah. be so disappointing as a teenager. You get the second base, and it's like feeling up a mannequin. <laughs> like you're not getting anywhere at all. It's like, this it's this like underwear would be doll. such a pain in the ass. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I totally maybe felt her. I don't even know what we did. I'm not even sure exactly. <laughs> She's like a Russian nesting doll of clothes. You know what I mean? She just keeps taking off articles of clothing. <laughs> you get her down and she's only like two and a half feet tall. <laughs> it's like a Jawa. Like I, I thought you, know? you were fat, but turns out it was all this fucking underwear. <laughs> she's just like, it's, it's like, she's like one of those things like pulling a bunch of levers to make arms and legs move oh, inside. God. It's like, oh my God, Mormon women are tiny. She's <laughs> like an automaton. But I actually awesome. think in reality though, like you don't, you don't get the magic underpants, which is insulting by the way. Uh, but anyway, you don't get the magic underpants. Until you like reach a certain like theta level or something, right? Isn't that theta level? <laughs> like you gotta 
Yeah, you got to get the Thetans out of your volcano. Right. Before yeah, you, you got to like yeah. beat Metroid Prime or something yeah, before exactly. you get. So I'm, I'm probably yeah, very wrong about this because all I'm doing, I I'm completely ignorant to the whole Mormonism, except for the fact that I'm reading the Book of Mormon, which has nothing to say about this so far, anyway. So yeah, but what I've heard from people that you know from listeners to the show is that I guess you get it like after baptism or something. And it's it's actually a big deal. This is like a you don't not wear them. Like it's uh it, you're actually considered like if you die without them, like you can't show up at heaven without your <laughs> the right underwear. Yeah, and there's even like this old like uh legend that Joseph Smith when he was shot and killed, he didn't have his underwear on and that's why he wasn't protected. It's just so it's so bizarre. <laughs> so there's no like say. French beach at like Mormon heaven like it's just that's it huh you go to mormon heaven even in mormon heaven you're still can't get laid yeah, yeah you so. still gotta wear that still shirt covered heaven. with your weird underwear that's awesome that's definitely wow. the heaven you want so like i mean to. you get it once you're you you sort of come of age so these are like literal like big boy pants like this is I mean, <laughs> exactly right <laughs> <laughs> well uh, it's a little disappointing too because they're bulky enough to contain a diaper yeah <laughs> You know, you wear the diaper over. Right? Right. <laughs> you know what we should do? We should make like, you know, magic underwear onesies for, for infants. We, we could market that shit. Yeah. I think we'd be all right. Go to Salt Lake, get a little baby store. <laughs> why, why have your baby unprotected? Yeah. I think your baby could get shot tomorrow. <laughs> like that's, that's a, that should be a great commercial. Like they just like put a baby in the magic underpants and shoot it. Yeah. And they're oh, just Jesus. like, hey, it worked. Or, oh, uh. We need a new baby. Whoops. <laughs> cut. <laughs> cut. This commercial did not go as planned. If this was magic underpants and you really thought that it protected you, wouldn't you want your kids wearing it? Like, wouldn't you want, I don't know what, what age, you, what age do you get baptized in the Mormon church? Because, like, that varies dramatically across, you know, faiths. Like, some they baptize infants so that, like, God doesn't send babies to hell or whatever. This isn't in the book, but I think it's early adolescence. I think 13-ish. I'm the worst person you could have had on the show if you actually want to learn about Mormonism because I'm just reading a awesome. fucking book. What do I know? <laughs> I just but, read uh, the book, man. Yeah. I love the thing I loved about the article, though, is when it starts out, it's like the church is saying, now we're really tired of people making fun of us for this, you know, for this magic underwear stuff. But it is a thing. <laughs> like, yeah. well, okay. Right. <laughs> That's why we make fun of you because you're wearing it. What do you not understand about this? Well, and there's another story uh, where Mormonism featured this week. Let me. Uh, this is from Yahoo News. Uh, Mormon founder had teen bride during polygamy days. So uh, the Mormon Church acknowledges in a new essay that founder Joseph Smith had a teenage bride, was married to other men's wives during the during the faith's early polygamous days. Um, so he had, uh, looks like a 14-year-old girl was one of his wives. Well, just the one. And, like, I can't help but think that the whole, like, the whole faith, like, the entire faith was just fucking made up as an excuse by a dude who wanted to bang teenagers. Because <laughs> it was clearly just made up by some dude. So then the question is, like, well, why? And then you look at, like, well, what did he prescribe in his faith? So how about I give him the, be oh, yeah. the benefit of the doubt would be that... I think most cult leaders are somewhat, by definition, power-hungry, right? And if you're actually successful and suddenly have this group of people who are looking at you saying, you are godlike, I'll do anything you say, it's like, anything? <laughs> huh. How about you, hmm, you all want to huh. fuck me? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's it got seems a young to happen, daughter. Though, right? This isn't just the only instance of this. Yeah. Like uh, it just that just seems to be the phase two of cult leader. Once the leader reaches a point of uh, godlike status, suddenly he starts fucking everybody. It's amazing how that works. But it's interesting in the Book of Mormon so far. So I'm about halfway done. I know we haven't gotten in the show yet, but. It's actually twice now expressly said polygamy is forbidden. Very black and white. Like not even – so yeah, I'm interested to find out later on when that changed. And I think it changed. <laughs> so Joseph Smith wrote this book and then I, I don't even think he realized how successful he would be. So then suddenly he has all these followers and he's like, huh, I could fuck any one of them. Let's make that happen. So yeah, <laughs> appendix one changed his doctrine. Got, oh, got a new got a new revelation from God. He said, "I can fuck anybody." Yeah, here's, right. Here's, Signed, yeah. sealed, and delivered. Here's oh, wait, what I'd like to afterward do. by Jesus Christ. Can I just say real quickly though that Polygamy Day sounds like an awesome festival. I mean, that sounds like if you're going to have that <laughs> in just your for the down, day, right? Like, I don't want to have to deal yeah. with a bunch of wise <laughs> ongoing, but a Polygamy Day I can handle. Yeah, sure. Polygamy Day is a good one. Bring your kids on down. We're going to have like a car show, and then you get to pick out another woman to go home with that <laughs> just evening. Just for the day. Yeah, just for the day. Just, just for that one holiday. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. Polygamy strikes me, too, as like one of those systems where it's like, well, wait a minute. This this is not a sustainable business model. Like, there's half and half of us. But if every man takes two or three women, there's a lot of dudes with no women. There's just like a no lot women. of like... Uh, like a lot of fucking sad faced, <laughs> fucking angry people walking around. Like that's not a. How is that no, supposed to work? work? Like, what's the long term viability of like building a system like designed to disenfranchise a significant so this, this number of men? So this actually was a was a very so I'm gonna get sad. Oh. But a lot of those uh, polygamous compounds, like what was this? Jeff Warren was that yeah, one? Of yeah, them? yeah. So yeah, the the if. You had a boy born when he reached about 15, 16. They just kicked him the fuck out. And there's actually like some pretty sad what stories. What is that, fucking lion pride? Like what the fuck is going on? They just because they because Tom's right. Wow. They don't have room for him. Jesus. Them. All the all the young women are getting snatched up by the old guys. They don't want to compete with these teenage boys <sighs> with all their hormones raging. They just kicked God them out. Damn, that's a horrible thing. Like it's that's a horrible a thing. Fucking thing. I know, and these poor, these poor guys have no idea what the world is like. They've lived their whole lives on a compound. It's like, well, have fun with that. Wow. What? How does the kicking out work, too? Because I'm sure they have some pretext, like, yeah, you weren't good enough, so, like, it's going to be your fault. It's not like it's not like they're saying, like, yeah, we're totally kicking you out because we're a bunch of horny old dudes that want to have sex with teenagers. So you can see the dilemma we're in. <laughs> it's so. kind of like, we heard that you masturbated once. Right. Yeah. Admit it. And it's like, okay, fine, because I'm a teenage male, I'm probably guilty of that actually certainly guilty of that. <laughs> get out yeah and then they go yeah. off and then they, they're still faithful right so it's not like it's like it's not like they like give them a wink like go out into the real world by the way this was all bullshit <laughs> it's like they get out in the real world and they're like yeah so i've got no wives and my fucking faith is still here so that's not doing me any good in the actual world that's a really fucking unbelievably cruel heartless way to treat other people but I guess if it gets you a bunch of fucking weird 14-year-old teen brides, then... Nothing about that's appealing, though. No. <laughs> no, nothing. The 14, the multiple, that nah, just yeah. sounds like... I, I just nah. couldn't afford all the Taylor Swift albums, you know? When they all turn 16, you got to buy them all a car. It sucks. <laughs> Can you and fucking you imagine? To, you, have to take them to, you have to take them to prom. <laughs> that's weird. All together. <laughs> 
You put a corsage bills alone yeah. are killing me. You know what you have is it, it's to save money. You put them all in one tandem dress, so they all have to be like it's like a sack race. You know what I mean? It's like it's like one of those paper things that you cut. And you open it up. It's like all those connected all people. It's like paper dolls. Yeah. <laughs> They, they start to pile out the limo and they're all connected to each uh, other and calliope <laughs> music is playing. <laughs> you know, I will say from this article, though, to give to give him benefit, it says little is known about Smith's marriages to the already married women. <laughs> be a little awkward. Uh, it says they also might have been the type of unions that didn't involve sex. And I thought, or... Not <laughs> like that is probably not true because if some religious leader's like, yeah, I'm gonna marry your wife. Like, mm, wait, why are you doing that again? Well, don't worry, I'm not gonna have sex with her. I'm just gonna marry her. Wait, double why are you doing that yeah. again? <laughs> I can't understand what the fuck purpose is. Like, yeah, we're gonna get married and not have sex. That's gonna be sweet. Well, marriage and Mormonism is like this eternal thing. Like, you can never escape that bitch. You're stuck. Really. So it's yeah. So that's the whole idea is that it's uh, you're you're like creating this eternal bond and your whole family. So that's that's actually one of the things they use to like, you know, with if someone's leaving the church, they say, "Oh my God, you're going to leave the family forever. There's going to be an empty seat in in heaven for you because you're leaving." You know, and then it's part of the guilt trip. So yeah, it's the whole concept of like eternity. So I guess Joseph Smith's like, wouldn't you like your daughter or wife or whoever the fuck to be? With the head honcho forever? Hmm? I think, I guess that's probably how I did it. I don't know. I wasn't there. But that <laughs> seems to make some sense. No, what I love the most about the article, though, at the very bottom, right? It was talking about how like, they finally came out after however many years it's been, where everyone already knew this, right? This isn't like news. It's news that they finally admitted it, right? So, and they're saying, okay, fine. Our founding father, bit of a bit of an asshole and pedophile. Fine. That happened. But then at the very end, it says, but kind of good thing it happened because, you know, we got a lot of babies in Utah because of it. So oh. God's plan, maybe, you know, it's like, you know what? It's not an apology now. You ruined it. <laughs> you just fucking ruined it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like getting like a fucking like an I'm sorry card from like your child's rapist. It was like, sorry, I fucked your daughter, but I did get her pregnant. Yeah. You're like, yeah. wait, that you didn't help. Do you have the, the, the very last sentence of that article up, Tom? Yeah, it says, uh, difficult as it was, the introduction of plural marriage in Nauvoo did indeed raise up seed unto God, the article says. A substantial number of today's members descend through faithful Latter-day Saints who practice plural marriage. Okay. Yeah, so, so good thing our founder was a <laughs> pedophile and wow. polygamist. Because without that, God's plan never would have worked. Isn't Jar Jar Banks from Nauvoo? <laughs> I saw that. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> It's in Illinois. <laughs> you guys know that this all happened in our no state. No shit. Just yeah, just I did saying. know that. Yeah, because yeah, they they didn't they didn't actually have their fucking second exodus or whatever they fucking call it until because they got kicked. They got kind of the they were in Illinois for a while and the well, Illinoisans Joseph Smith didn't got really killed there. Yeah, they they didn't he, didn't sit right with the uh, yeah the, the 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 locals like went all pitchfork and torches on him and raided the prison he was in and killed him. And then I guess Brigham Young said, well, this town's no good. They don't like us. Let's go find greener pastures. And <laughs> yeah, off what was your Utah. first clue, Brigham Young? So we're going to be back with David from My Book of Mormon at the end of the show, but we're going to do some stories in between now and then. Allah-u-Akbar, Allah-u-Akbar, Allah-u-Akbar. 
comes from a fucking uh, unlikely news source. Cosmo. That's right, from cosmopolitan.co.uk. Um, I had no idea that Cosmo covered stories like this. Um, a little shocked. Prison for Afghan mullah who raped a 10-year-old girl inside his mosque. Um, so this is kind of amazing. In Kabul... Um, a 10-year-old girl um, was raped inside of a mosque in an Afghan village, and uh, instead of being whipped or lashed or beheaded or stoned to death, uh, she was exonerated. Now, I think it's it's kind of criminal that she was actually even on trial. Sure. Right? Like, yeah, even considered she to shouldn't be, be yeah. a wrongdoer right. in any way. Um, yeah. But according to Sharia law, um, rape is a form of adultery um, in which both parties are responsible. Um, the judge, however, threw that shit out and pointed out that the victim, quote, cannot commit adultery. She is a child. This is rape. You know, and she says uh, the girl who was not called upon to speak insisted that she be heard. And she also said, you shamed me, liar. You destroyed my life. You brought shame to my father. And then she said to the judge, please, director, hang him. Um, I, I, yeah. I do think that it is terribly sad. The, the heartbreaking part of this article is the very last paragraph. It has been reported that after the trial, the girl's father did not look at or speak to his daughter. The girl reportedly tried to follow her father after he turned his back and walked out of the courtroom, but she stopped when she saw that he was not going to speak with her. Um, heartbreakingly, she just gazed at him until his back was gone. So... The, the uh. fact that she had to say, you brought shame to my father. How the fuck does being raped bring shame to a father? You know what I mean? Like, you have, your culture is fucked up when as the, like the father, you're like, oh, I'm ashamed of my daughter, my fucking fifth grader, my 10-year-old, for being raped in a mosque by a mullah. That's like being shamed that someone got into a car accident. Right. Or was hit by a drunk driver. Like, I'm so shamed that my daughter was walking down the street and was run over by a drunk driver. Yeah. Like, it, that doesn't even make any sense. It, it, you know, it, I, seriously, it's like it's like if you walked out, it'd be like if my son, like, walked outside and got fucking hit in the face with an icicle that fell off the house. And I was like, I'm fucking ashamed of you. Didn't we raise you better not to get hit with icicles? The person next door stabbed him with an icicle. Right. You know, it'd be the more analogous to be like, um, I'm really ashamed that my son got stabbed. Like, why are you ashamed? Right. Like, you should be, like, caring for your son. The other thing, too, is it says in this article, human rights campaigners have welcomed the judge's stance on the case, especially after reports came to light, alleging that the girl's family had considered killing her because of the shame had been brought upon the family. You know, the thing is, like, even when there's a happy ending, there's not really a happy ending. No, there. no. You know, because this is a 10-year-old girl. What is she going to do? She can't go home. I, I am, so don't get me wrong, like, I read this article and I am incredibly heartened that there is at least one moderately progressive judge living in the 21st century somewhere in Afghanistan. I mean, honestly, that is so fucking unbelievably encouraging um, that I, I was thrilled when I read this article. But, the, but everything that surrounds it, everything that surrounds that decision is covered in shit. And, you yeah. know, when that little girl says... You know, you have ruined my life. I hate to think that she might be right. Well, and not only that, Tom, like the only the things in it that are 
fecal matter that are sort of a sheen over everything are the religion, right? It's all the religion. It's the honor killing that's part of that religious tradition. Whether or not, you know, and the other thing too is people will argue like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's not part of the Quran or whatever, and they'll argue about that or whatever. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't care. It's their religious culture that has created this. It's not, it's not a non-religious culture. It's an explicitly religious culture that has created this. Uh, and then also the same thing when you, when you come down to the bottom, when the father's ashamed of her, when he's, you know, he's leaving. You know, even her being arrested and being uh, tried is part of that cult- religious culture. It's steeped in that religion. You can't just make a claim and be like, oh, well, they're just, you know, that's just a different culture. It's like, well, it's, it's also part of their religion. And the religion is what's poisoning all of that that's over there. Well, right, because as as the article mentions, according to Sharia law, religious right. law, right. you know, rape isn't isn't a crime with a perpetrator and a victim. Rape is a crime with two perpetrators. Rape is adultery, right? And so, as long as that is the you know religious law that informs you know how this crime is viewed, um, victims of rape, um, survivors of rape, are going to be treated. Um, as as people who are uh, you know complicit in the act, and and so they're going to somehow shame their families and this whole honor system. And you know, it's not like there's ever been a secular honor killing, yeah, right? Or it's not like there's ever been a a, a secular law which was passed, um, you know, which looks and says like, oh, when a crime is committed against your person, you are also responsible for that crime. I mean, that's, that's yeah. fucking insane. That can only come from this fucking nonsense. Absolutely. And when what we're praising, when we praise the moderate judge, is we're praising his secular nature. We're praising the thing that he's ignoring in the religion. Not praising his stance on being religious or saying, oh, well, he's such a good religious person. We're saying, it's good that you're not being religious in this instance. Well, and it's like we've talked about before. Like, what is a religious moderate? Someone who is less religious than the next guy. Yeah. That's what a religious moderate is. Like, what's the difference between a fundamentalist and a moderate, right? The fundamentalist really believes it, and the moderate picks and chooses. This next story comes from the Friendly Atheist blog, and we got this last week. It was sent to us as well, and I decided to talk about it this week because it's awesome. Uh, Malaysian Muslims wring hands over day of touching furry friends, wondering if it's an insult to Islam. So Malaysian man um, was repeatedly asked why he insisted on organizing Touch a Dog Day in Malaysia. Um, So in Islam, the dog is second only to the pig for unclean animals. Um, but dogs are fucking amazing. And I guess this guy was like, hey, let's all touch a dog. Like, dogs are super cool and people should pet them. And as evidence, if you go to the Friendly Atheist blog's website, there is a picture of a spectacularly cute dog hugging a dude. I know. Isn't it adorable? The dog is so cute. God. <laughs> I just, I, like, I, I think that, you know, there are some pets that can be discounted. And just be like, no, that's not a pet for me. You know, bed bugs. That's not a pet I would own. You know, that's one of those pets where you're like, you know, that's for someone else. Yeah, I just right. don't want to own one of right. those. I don't want the upkeep on them. It's a lot. <laughs> the upkeep on the bed it's bugs. Just, it's just too much. I just don't know that I'd want to do that. Um, 
Other than that, I'm trying to think of other pets that I would shun someone for owning. I think spiders are weird. Like owning like big giant like face size spiders is weird, in my opinion. But I, you know, I won't pass judgment on you. You want to own a spider? That's fine. Own a big spider. You want to own like a, you know, a box of cockroaches? Like, good for you. <laughs> I will but say I, though, man, like uh, there are a handful of animals that I will I will happily pass judgment. Like, I watched that show on on Animal Planet called Fatal Attractions, where it's an awesome. Have you seen the show? Uh, you're gonna tell I'm me. I'm gonna about tell it. you. It's my. It's like seriously my <laughs> fucking favorite show. So the show is. It's called Fatal Attraction because it only ends one way, right? And the whole premise of the it show ends is with that attraction. Get- hold on, hold on, hold on. It ends with attraction, right? It ends with attraction. Tell me, it ends with attraction. It does not. <laughs> it starts there though. It starts with attraction. It's the greatest and it show ends ever because it, it's it's idiots who buy like unbelievably dangerous pets like tigers and chimpanzees and fucking and like a Death Star. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> and then they get these things and they're like, and then and then it's the hushed voice narration. It's like, yeah. And then Michael realized <laughs> the baby tiger. I already love this show. I love this show. I've never was seen beyond it. his control. And every time it ends in the guy getting eaten by whatever it is was his pet. And it's like, it's horrifying. Like, you you watch the chimpanzees episode and you'll never look at a fucking chimpanzee again. Because they're so strong. Dude, they're fucking, and when they're angry, and I, I I know I'm on a tangent, but when chimpanzees are angry, they rip off your face, your genitals, and your hands. That seems un- unnecessary they're like they're like like the worst creature possible they're so fucking unbelievably angry good lord and these people like they get them as pets so like if somebody was like if i met a dude and i was like hey like that's a cool guy we should hang out and he's like yeah come to my house i got a chimpanzee i'm gonna be like no man fuck you like you're a fucking idiot or like yeah i got fucking tigers in my yard be like "Mm, okay we're fucking done here but if you have like regular animals like pet animals, then you're just a dude with a pet animal. I don't understand it. Like dogs are, um, uh, like of the pets that we have, dogs are not only ultra useful. Like I don't own a dog, right? I own cats, um, and cats are really just—they're just like little terrorists. They just—they <laughs> just hold you hostage. You can't take them you on feed planes. Them. Yeah, they're just like adorable terrorists, you know. <laughs> but but dogs are are super useful, super great. They are, you know, almost always ultra loyal. You know, they belong in the pack structure, so they work great in our little packs that we create because, you know, guess what? We're fucking animals, too, you know? So we create these packs, and dogs, they just integrate so well because we fucking made them to integrate so well. Right. And and to look at this and then be like, I don't I ain't touching no damn dog. Like, I suddenly feel like, you know what? I'm not going to pass judgment on the guy with the spider, but I am going to pass judgment on you for not petting a dog, you jerk. <laughs> and it's like, who could look at, like, a cute little, like, Labrador puppy or something and be oh, like, I know. it's unclean. Like, come on, you got to fucking, I honestly believe this. Like, you got to make an effort to do that. Like, you have to be like, ah, oh, God, every part of me says, pet that unbelievably large-eyed fuzz bucket over there. Like, you've got to really work. To not love that thing. The point is, is that we've got to rewrite the federal government. Now, this is not going to happen overnight. It took 130 years to bring us to where we are today. It could probably take 50 years to turn it around. If we, but if we stand on the Constitution, then everything else comes together. So this next story comes from Choate.com or Coat.com. Legacy <laughs> pastor 
<laughs> Legacy pastor fires back on a highlighted ballot issue. Smotherman. <laughs> That's the guy's name. That's great, right? I am Smotherman. He sounds actually like one of those Pokemon. Well, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is that uh, two teenage girls actually try to kill somebody over the legend of Smotherman. So it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't stab him though. They 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 put a pillow over his face. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah they snuck into yeah. her into a room at night. It was like they were having a pillow fight, and it just got out yeah. of hand. Well, that, or they covered fight. her in caramelized onions. Either one. <laughs> they smothered her. <laughs> <laughs> She's so delicious. Oh man, she's got a wonderful umami flavor. <laughs> oh, this is great. So, uh, th- this pastor at Legacy Church um, basically put uh, sample ballots. Um, in the uh, in the church that highlighted highlighted <laughs> specific candidates um, and nonprofit organizations, Cecil are not allowed to endorse specific huh. candidates. Really, it would seem that fucking highlighting yeah. something is kind of a clear fucking suggestion when it's in the church. Man, I work for a nonprofit, and they are super strict about. You are not allowed at all in any way, shape, or form to endorse any candidates, to hold any kind of, you know, uh, left or right type of thing. You're not, I mean, you're not allowed to do anything political. Like, they are super hyper vigilant against anything political. And you would think that there would be somebody in this, in this fucking place that would say, oh, yeah, man, that's a fucking really bad idea to highlight the fucking, you know, I mean, you might as well just fucking like, walk in with their voter card and vote for him. Well, in his rationale, you know, this guy says, why is it the church is the only one in America that cannot say anything? And it's like, well, motherfucker, because you are a 501c3. You're a fucking tax-exempt charitable organization. That's exactly why. Like, that's the reason you can't endorse candidates. And the thing is, like, let's be really clear. A church is allowed to take a political, to take a stance on an issue. That's fine. They just can't take a stance on a particular candidate. That's that's like they don't understand. And and they really and they can take a stance, but then they have to pay taxes. So it's not that you can't do it. It's just that if you do do it, then you have to pay taxes. That's it. it. You can still do it. Your voice is not being silenced. It's just, you know, now you have to pay like everybody else, like every other company. If you try to do that. And he's talking about this as if it's intimidation. What the fuck are you talking about intimidation? Well, he's just trying to get around the rules. Because, I mean, what they really should be doing is taking your fucking, uh, your tax-exempt status away. And then he says, like, uh, Smotherman also said that the names were highlighted because those four candidates are members at Legacy Church. And it's like, well, great. But you're still endorsing them. Like, the fact that they're members of your church right. doesn't change the fact that you've endorsed them. Yeah. It just... Doesn't mean anything. You know, the actually. thing is, is like fucking. Can't you just do this fucking? I mean, because you're gonna do it anyway, right? Can't you just fucking tell people rather than fucking memorializing it on a piece of paper? Right. I mean, it would be super easy. You can. You let's be let's be real for a minute. Like you can literally say out loud any motherfucking thing you want. Just don't put it in writing. As long as somebody doesn't fucking tape the conversation, you're gold. Right. All day, all fucking day, and literally twice on Sunday. <laughs> Maybe more on Sunday, <laughs> depending on how many people you got in the room. Want to contact the guys? Go to dissonancepod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. 
or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash dissonance pod. Or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big heartfelt glory hold to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. This story also comes from Right Wing Watch. Rick Wiles, Obama will threaten veterans with Ebola and set up Ebola re-education camps. And uh, I was impressed. I didn't think that you could teach Ebola. So you can't teach an old Ebola new (laughs) tricks, though. So it's got to be the new Ebola. Thing about Ebola is it tax it tax the internal organs and that's the common core. So <laughs> Hey dude, your core looks fucking shredded. Thanks, man. You know I mean like literally Ebola. shredded. <laughs> yeah, like actually physically shredded. No, like, You're bleeding like profusely. You, you got into a fight with a bear shredded, like that bad. Uh, like I could I could see your heart beating. <laughs> That is because you are holding it in your hands. <laughs> Kalima Shakti Day. All right, so I want to play Rick Wiles. He just basically keeps on calling like him Ebola Obama, just because I so think he weird. just likes the way it comes off his tongue. Hey, we said Rick Wiles has come on his tongue. Here we go, Rick Wiles. My hunch is that Texas Congressman Louis Gomert is right. Gomert. Ebola Obama will fly West Africans with Ebola to the United States on military planes right after the November 4 elections. And where will the Ebola patients be treated? Now, this is my hunch. VA hospitals. Yes, you heard me right. (laughs) The VA hospitals can't even take care of the veterans, for Christ's sakes. I and love this. Like, too, be like, oh, yeah, now we basically, basically just put all the veterans in there and we're going to stick all the fucking Ebola patients in there. That we need to fly here for some reason, but they can't get treated over there. <laughs> I, I, well, I like that he's like, Louis Gomert is fucking making this up. Yeah. And I'll piggyback on that bullshit oh. and make up some other stuff. You know what everyone thinks is, is credible? Speculating about somebody else's speculation. Oh, man. Let me tell you, Louis Gohmert's been right about nothing in his life. Right. These guys, these guys, honestly, they're like they're as bad as the fucking doomsday predictors. And I kind of want to, I kind of want to have, I can't wait till Obama's out of the office because I, I, I can't wait for the show that we get to do where we get to have the fucking list of all the shit people predicted was going to happen during Obama's reign of terror. Right. And how none of it came true. Well, I, like, not a single thing. Why wait until voting day? It's not like Obama has anything to worry about. He's clearly <laughs> right? going to have a fucking, uh, like, a, a, a Congress he can't work with anyway. He's well, like, still got two wait? years to set up the re-education camps for Jesus. the Christians. He should just put you know? those people, he should just put Ebola patients in a catapult and shoot them into the congressional halls. Like he's fucking <laughs> sieging a fucking building, you know? Running out of the Congress would be the only active thing our Congress has done. <laughs> It'll be the most they accomplish, like running in fear would be the most they accomplish. I suspect, I fear that Ebola Obama will place West African Ebola victims in Veterans Affairs hospitals throughout the United States of America. He'll contaminate 
the VA hospitals with the Ebola, Ebola virus. Obama, Ebola, Obama, Obama, Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> say that like six times fast while you hold your tongue and you say something obscene. So There's another clip. Let's listen to it. This is, again, Rick Wiles talking about Ebola, Obama. Uh, here's my nightmare. A black president. <laughs> <laughs> here's my nightmare. It's a dark night. I'm at the circus and two midgets. No, fuck. That's a different nightmare. Oh, no. My real nightmare is I kissed a guy. So that's my nightmare. <laughs> For December 2015, this is what it looks like. Ebola Obama SWAT teams apprehend you because your neighbor called an Ebola hotline and said you looked like you were having a fever. And the SWAT team comes to your house and gives you an armed escort to one of Ebola Berry's Ebola recovery and re-education camps where you will receive the latest innovative treatment with the newest batch of experimental drugs and vaccines. And when you are released from the Obama Ebola recovery and re-education camp, you'll be a zombie. <laughs> walking what? dead. Awesome. Sweet. I always wanted that fucking show to come for to fruition and be true. This is what exciting. The, what kind of crazy shit is he making up? This is great, dude. This is good stuff. I don't know what you're talking about make it up. This is gonna happen. I mean, like <laughs> like people happen. listen to this guy? Dude What is his audience like, do man, you think? There is some fucking serious fear about Ebola though. There's like some serious fear. I was I was in a conversation recently about Ebola and 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 people freak the fuck out about it. They're like, oh, it's in New York City. And be like, no, there was one dude in New York City who went over there, came back, and they fucking treated him. Right. That's it. And they're like, and the person's like, oh, well, they went out bowling. And I'm like, well, you don't get a bowl of bowling. Yeah. It, what, what difference does it make? Like, did you lick his blood? Like, yeah. here's the thing. Like, if you were bowling with a dude in New York and you were like, oh, I was totally licking that guy's blood. Then okay, maybe you should be a little concerned. Sure, yeah. But if you just yeah. were like, "Oh man, I was also bowling," yeah, you're fine. You know, you're fucking totally fine. Yeah, like if you're fucking like you're you're basically sticking your tongue in where his hands were or something. I mean, I don't even know. Like, I mean, I, I don't even think you can get it that way. Like, I think it's it's a it's not an easy thing to get. Like, you have to you have to mess up when you're taking care of someone and do something. You know. That is like we, we talked about earlier, culturally, where they kiss the dead people that have fucking like got blood on their face or whatever. Or you have to like mess up when you're care when you're caring for somebody or care for so many people that it just, you know, like you miss one of the protocols. Right. That's why a lot of these doctors get it is because they just missed something that they were supposed to keep on. Well, and they're taking care of people who are in the most contagious stages of the disease the most contagious stages of the disease is when you're you know vomiting and you've got diarrhea and you've got all these 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 excretions the the doctor who came back from new york fucking felt fine that's why he went bowling right <laughs> like he wasn't like oh man i'm bowling and also like vomiting and die he felt fine he was not terribly like and that and that's why fucking public health officials who know what the fuck they're talking about are like eh it's no big deal it's no one's terribly concerned at all. But yeah, man, like people are like, I can't believe he rode the subway. It's like he lives in New York. That's how people get around in New York. I mean, it's like, it's not like he vomited blood on somebody in the subway. Right. And it's not like if he did that, like, that, like, then the next guy is like, oh, fuck a bull. And like immediately starts vomiting blood. It's not like a, a blood vomit chain reaction. Yeah, it's not World War Z. You're not like fucking, <laughs> oh, God, I got some on me. <laughs> you know, like right. fucking. 
you immediately turn into Ebola Obama and start running around. Right. I love the I love this guy's uh, SWAT teams. Yeah. That descend upon you and then like treat you with fucking zombie drugs and then turn you loose as the Walking Dead. I, I you know I the other thing too is like why a SWAT team? Why not a hazmat team? Because if right. they come and collect me, they're gonna get it too if it's that a contagious. You know what I mean? Like why a SWAT team? What I gotta tell you too, like if if somebody was like, we gotta quarantine you because you might have Ebola. You don't need a fucking bunch of dudes with guns. I'll come very willingly. Right. Like, wouldn't you? If somebody was like, yeah, we think you might have an incredibly, yeah. you know, I'd be like, I would like the best possible care and treatment. Where do we go for that? I don't even understand what a re-education camp could possibly be. It's to teach the virus to morph into the Walking Dead virus. Oh, you got to, you know what you have to do is you have to sit the virus down and have them watch all five seasons of the Walking Dead. All like the virus is like sitting in a chair, clockwork orange style yeah. with its fucking little virus eyes virus. like pinned open and it's like i don't even have dna much less eyes i'm a fucking virus and it's like who cares shut up virus we'll watch Fucking do what we say the, the virus dead. is like watching these movies and at the end of it it's it's instead of saying carl it says coral <laughs> you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth this is this weird story- so weird this story comes from jezebel.com man tries to obtain addresses of strippers so he can pray for them. Um, a district judge has issued a temporary injunction barring the disclosure of the personal information of employees of a Washington strip club after a man attempted to obtain the information so that he could pray for them. Oh, uh, yeah. He said, I'm a Christian. We have a right to pray for people. I was trying to do something for the public good. Because we all know that praying for people somehow is in the public good. I d- How is that in the public good? Even if you follow his premise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I will say the thing that fucking boggles my mind is you believe that you can, through either words or thoughts, communicate with some sort of omnipotent being that we can't see that is on some other plane of existence or something. And you can communicate with him to help other people, to help push other people, to mold other people, to save other people. Uh, you can communicate him and convince him to use his ultimate power to do this. How the fuck doesn't he know their name? Like, I know, right? Why the right? fuck like, do you need their name? Like, just fucking pray for that. Be like, yeah, it was the one with the. I'm talking about the one with the big titties and the and the, <laughs> and the you know not the one with the little titties. I'm talking about the one with the bigger titties and the dark hair. I'm gonna pray for her specifically, and I'm gonna pray for her slowly, and then I'm gonna speed up a little. And I'm gonna pray a little harder, and then I'm gonna speed up a little more. I might squeeze my nuts and then pray a lot. So that's how I, that's my plan. And uh, in the middle of it, I may start praying for the blonde one, yeah, but right. I'll probably switch back to the long-haired one at the end of the prayer session. <laughs> Dear Lord, I'm praying for... <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah. let's not forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, he'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. He's got that one covered. Right? He is, he'll, he'll as know. you mentioned, omniscient. Let me tell you, God is watching the strippers. If there's a God, he's watching the strippers. Yeah, and he's good. Yeah. You know, God's like, I could help at any time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they make more money an hour than I do. And I'm kind of so. enjoying this. So, right. yeah, it's all good. I love the idea that intercessory, doesn't intercessory prayer, doesn't it sort of, like not make any sense at all. It really Even if doesn't. you believed in an interventionist I know, God, like I know, intercessory prayer is so weird. It's like, dear God, 
I know you see everything and know everything. But I thought I'd step in and tell you a little something, motherfucker. Like, these people... Really? Yeah. Like, can you... Like, I got that one. Like, I, it's all good. I, it's like it's like when it's like, we gotta pray for the tsunami victims. Oh, really? Like, you think that if there was a god, he didn't notice? Wait, there was a tsunami? <laughs> I had no idea. Thank you so much, Billy Bob. I had no idea that there was a tsunami. You know, on I, my watch. Uh, uh, oh. Oh yeah. You know, I think there's a movie that covers that really well. There's that movie with Jim Carrey and God is Morgan Freeman, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a comedy, right? So like, I think I have. He seen becomes it. God. It's Freeman Bruce Almighty suit? or something. Is that what it? Bruce Almighty, something like that. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, I was gonna say Mr. Deity, but that's not. That's, that's not that's it. That's no, that's show. a no. That's a web yeah, show. Yeah, I think it is Bruce Almighty. Okay, so but there's a part where he looks at God's email and it's all the prayers, right? And he's like, oh, well, just fucking grant it. And he grants everybody their prayer. And, like, everybody wins the lottery. Like, everybody wins the lottery simultaneously. And, like, that's the thing that if you believe in, like, a God that can intercede in our lives and does so on command, it's you've also got to imagine that every time you pray and it's not answered, he's specifically not answering your prayer. He's specifically telling you, I'm not fucking doing that. That is a stupid thing to do. So your God is reinforcing every little wish that you don't have that comes true. He's reinforcing how fucking stupid you are and how awful of a person you are that he's not listening to you. He's basically like waiting for you to give him a Christmas list and then purposely buying you nothing. And then purposely whip wiping his ass with it. Like he's like he's not just not buying you anything. He's wiping his ass with the Christmas list and putting that in your stocking. And doesn't it also kind of assume that God is frankly stupid? Yeah. Like honestly, like frankly a just a genuinely stupid being because it's like right okay, so like my sons are perfectly healthy. If they got sick, I wouldn't yeah, I I can't even imagine the logic by which you would pray for them to get healthy. It's like do I need to wait for them to get sick for you to know that I don't want them to be sick? That's fucking stupid. Like Cecil, do you think I want my kids to be sick? Right. Why like would I fucking of course I don't. Why on earth would you want something like that? Right? That seems horribly so, inconvenient for everyone involved. But all of a sudden, like if somebody gets sick in the family, I'd have to be like, "Oh, God, yeah, I didn't actually want that. Yeah, I would prefer. Yeah, you see, I know you know everything, but I actually love my loved ones. That's why we call them loved ones. So that's the thing we're doing. <laughs> and uh, I would like for them not to be ill. So I know you couldn't have fucking predicted that one. Probably came out of left field that I don't want my loved ones to be fucking sick. How, I mean, what are you fucking retarded? <laughs> it's a ridiculous fucking thing to say. So we're back with David from My Book of Mormon. David, if people have never heard of your podcast or have never listened to your podcast, could you tell them a little bit about it? Well, it's pretty simple. I, uh, I'm someone completely ignorant to anything Mormon, and I decided to uh, read the Book of Mormon cover to cover and just like make any smart-ass comment I could think of as I'm reading it, and people seem to like it, so I kept doing it. And But really, my real secret motivation was to 
finally be a guest on yeah. Cognitive Dissonance. That's the real dream. <laughs> and I finally achieved it. So I might stop You're now. You're the only person I might who's ever be dreamed done. that, by the this, way. This was the whole reason. And actually, that's technically because, a nightmare. So, <laughs> Well, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted a chance to, to finally work with the most professional oh, yeah. people in podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, let us know when you find them. Yeah, no kidding. You know, no, you proved it last week because you guys were talking and you were so serious and you were saying, okay, we have to give these micro loans to the Kiva and it's just... We're going to help so many people, so please join the Long Black Cock Challenge. And I was yelled at my phone, how are they not laughing? Oh, They're amazing. These men are professionals oh. to the core. So, yeah, I, I mean, oh. yeah. nobody else could have pulled that off. The thing is, David, it's not so much that we're professional. It's just that we're mostly dead inside. Yeah, desensitized uh, would be a better yeah. way to say it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I go with dead inside. <laughs> oh. That's what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, I guess I started just... Well, let me try to think back. I think it was probably the musical, actually. And so I, I saw it when it was in Chicago. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. If you oh, haven't yeah, seen it's it, amazing. You need it's to. so funny. Oh, crack me up. It turns out that none of that is in, none of that anything is in the Book of Mormon, apparently. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. But if you remember, there was like a full page ad in the playbill that said, okay, you had your laughs, now learn the truth. And it was like an LDS ad and said, now read the book. And I was like, all right, fuck you, I will. So I'm doing it. And yeah, it's pretty nuts, everything that's in there. For right off the bat, they didn't like ease you into it. Like you just get through like the first chapter and you're just like, no one really believes this. It's just crazy. How big is the book in comparison to the Bible? Oh, see, I have it on an e-reader, oh, so I, I, see. I know. Okay. But it's, uh, let's see, I'm done 40... Some odd episodes. Wow. God, I'm worse than Tom. Uh, 46, I think. 40 and I'm halfway done. <laughs> yeah. So I think it'll, it'll take around 90 episodes to get done, I now, guess, since, by that pace. Since the Book of Mormon was written by some dude, right? Like, I'll, everything was written by some dude. Let's just say that. We'll just put that out there. Everything was written by some dude. At least we know the one but, dude on yeah, this clearly one. But this yeah. one was written by one dude. Are there other books that were like... The prequels in the series or anything like that that came out after? Yeah, so the the prequels, the Bible, apparently. Okay. So good thing I'd already, I've already read that okay. one, which which is a fun read in and of itself. And then uh, apparently, I didn't know this until after I started, that people were saying, oh, please tell me you're going to read The Pearl of Great Price next. And I was like, the fuck is that? And apparently, yeah, there's two more after this. So we have The Pearl of Great Price, and then there's something called Doctrines and Covenants, which sounds horribly boring. Oh, oh my God. So... Hopefully I can somehow make some fun out of that. But apparently that uh, Doctrines and Covenants is where we really start getting into like kind of how Mormons live now. Because the Book of Mormon, oddly enough, doesn't sound anything like any Mormon I have ever met. Is, ever. Is the Book of Mormon itself, because I, so I've listened to, to several of your shows. Um, well, thank you, Tom. And, yeah, well, no, I mean, it just seemed right. Uh, you know, I felt obligated mostly. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> The fact that you listen to more than one, man, that that that, that uh, means something. Um, and actually, I, I I think it's very funny when you say like it just starts off crazy because like the first several episodes, it's like that fucking angel comes down and then was like, "Hey, fucking here's something," and then he leaves and he comes back and he's like, "That same thing plus also the next sentence," and then he like jumps up there and jumps back, but there didn't seem to be a whole lot of like prescriptions about like how to live your life. It was more like, well, here's a fucking super crazy story. So how much, how much of the book of Mormon, because I haven't, I haven't heard all 40 episodes. How much of the book of Mormon is actually 
proscriptions on how you should live. And is it like parable style, like the Bible or like the yeah, New not, Testament? Or? There's there's only a few recurring themes, and one of them is basically be socialist, give away everything. Wow, wealth is evil. You should just, just if you have money and somebody else needs it and you didn't give it to them, hell for you. That's pretty. That is probably the most recurring theme in there. So that's one. The other one is, uh, well, polygamy, again, is expressly forbidden several times. And then the last one is that, you know, if God doesn't like you or your people, he'll turn your skin black because he doesn't – that will make you ugly and unattractive to the rest of the world. So that's just lovely too. Well, I got a question about the polygamy thing. So Really? You're just going to skip over that God turns people no, black? No, I'm going to get to that in a minute. But, <laughs> okay. But, I, but it does occur to me. It's like, what do you think? Like, why would polygamy be a theme if you're going to say like, hey – by the way, no polygamy. Like it wouldn't even occur to me if I was. It wouldn't even occur to me to say like no polygamy, or I w- just like it would never occur to me if I, to be like no polyandry. Like just yeah. So the only reason I can think is that he was trying to uh, write a sequel to the Bible. This is like Bible fan fiction. That's awesome. Is basically what the Book of Mormon is. So it's supposed to be. It starts 600 BC and it's in Israel and there's this you know family that God sends to America to start this new beautiful kingdom. Blah blah blah. And so in that, like, he has to kind of look at the Bible and say, well, Solomon had 700 fucking women or oh, whatever it was, so it was and all this response. kind of stuff. So it could be him trying to, like, okay, let me reset the rules of the Bible. I I don't know. Wasn't there. Didn't know the guy. But that's a, that's a, that's a, maybe. Yeah, I was just curious what your thoughts were, because it just seems like a weird thing to bring up if you're going to bring it up to say don't do it. It's like, okay, I'm already it is, not there was, doing There that. was actually a whole section where there was an atheist in the book. I was very excited about him because they called him the Antichrist, and I was just, oh, I was a giddy. I was like, we have an Antichrist, and so yeah, I was Korahor was his name. What a great name, right? <laughs> Korahor the Antichrist. <laughs> I was so excited, and uh, and the it, it, which is also interesting because it's like atheism isn't really talked about in the Bible because it wasn't really a thing that far back in in the past, right? I mean, they had as far as they were concerned, the sun came up because God made it happen, right? And um, in there, it's like the most pathetic apologetic that's being used to just like slam this guy down. You know what I mean? It's like, well, look around you. You see things. Therefore, God. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just it's so bad. <laughs> just like. Dost thou not like the taste of biscuits? Therefore, uh, was, Jesus. Oh, like, man. Like, and this guy, you know, it's like after a few of these just like horrible arguments that could just be torn to pieces in a second, which I did on the show. He was just like, ah, yes, my bad. It was the devil that convinced me and i was just like this is okay you're no antichrist take that title away (laughs) i'm a better antichrist than you wouldn't it have been awesome if like god showed or or this or this nonsense and it was like and then we ran across the atheist and his name was christopher hitchens and fucking book just ends yeah it is like and and tom it ends with we are sorry like i know (laughs) i'm so full of shit i cannot believe okay so david we got to talk about the racism so what let's talk about that are you into it we're halfway through have you yes i'm I'm into racism all right diesel to answer your question it's totally so into racism and you are bald so what kind of question is that uh, you know little neo-nazi thing going on there i'm just saying yeah it, it was pretty early that that came out was because uh, cause basically the there's one family that moves to America and the brothers don't like each other and they split. And one of them is a good – the one brother, Nephi, he's a good godly man. And the other brother or the older brother, Laman, he's no good. No like God. So he they, he starts the Lamanites and the Nephites. So you have two different kind of warring tribes 
in America, apparently. And so because the Lamanites weren't good godly people, God just turned their skin black for being unfaithful and made them dark. And that is what the Mormons believe were Native Americans. Wow. Those people. <laughs> Israelites whose skin were turned dark by God. True story. Wow. Even though all DNA evidence says no, no, uh, <laughs> no, really. no. That's just, not just, true. just not even like maybe it's it's a no. But uh, yeah, that's that's the story. And so that's so is that like a reason to subjugate those people then? Well, I think it was for a long time. So I think the LDS church has done a good job of like conforming to the times. Right. So it was up until recently that you couldn't be a priest or bishop or whatever the fuck they call themselves if you were not white. Right. So they've had to kind of like, oh, people don't like that anymore. We should change that. <laughs> and so the cool thing about their church is that they always have a prophet. Right. So Joseph Smith was the first prophet, then Brigham Young. And now it's Tom Monson or something. I think his name is. And so he can step out at any time and said, good news, everybody. God just gave me a new revelation. Blacks are OK. He <laughs> can just change it. Wow. And they're, they're proud of it, too. When you talk to Mormons, they actually say, well, isn't that wonderful? We're a living church. We can we don't just have a book that we have to live by because God's still talking to our prophets. And it's just like, wow. OK, that's how you make sense of that. Yeah. So that's how they ended polygamy. Wow. Because polygamy was a, it was absolutely practiced. And then the, uh, I think it was when the federal government threatened to like, I don't know, take away their statehood or something, or at least all their tax exempt status because they were violating federal law. They said, Oh, turns out God just talked to our prophet. We're not doing Whoops. that anymore. Good news. God talked to our attorneys. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. How do they how do they reconcile? Because it's certainly like a criticism. It would be pretty easy to be leveled. And I certainly wouldn't be the only one to level. It'd be like, wait a minute, was God wrong then, and now He's right now? I mean, because like you're, it's a total fucking reversal of the best answer I got for that. Because I I have talked to a lot of people about that very topic, and the apologetic they use is that. It was right for those people at that time. Oh, so it was okay to be a racist bigot? <laughs> exactly. Then. Yeah. Because it was back then it worked. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. It worked. It was like yeah. you know, you gotta look at racism like tight rolling your jeans. You know, yeah. like it was cool then. <laughs> but now it's just kind of yeah. weird. It's like hairspraying you know? your yeah. hair straight up like the girls used to do, like the lion <laughs> face. Yeah. It's like a leather jacket and one glove. Like, okay, it had <laughs> its day. <laughs> you know, it's all good. Wow, you went way back. God just one. God just treats people like fashion. Like God yeah. just just looks at like human rights are just like whatever happens to be in vogue. The whole human race then is just a fucking moral fashion show. Yeah, I've, it's crazy though. I've read like some stories of uh, some Mormon missionary that that swears that he was in Hawaii or something like that, and he was preaching to this group of people, and the more they believed, he could visibly see their skin turning whiter. It's fucked up. I'd heard that but, story actually. Yeah. 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 yeah, so it's wow. uh, that 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 stayed with the doctrine for quite some time. Now they all pretend like, well, no, that wasn't really a thing. But no, it was it was a thing. So <laughs> do you not you have you have racism. You also have the Antichrist. Has there been anything in the book that you've come across so far that has been either unbelievably hilarious or appalling? Yeah, I have my favorite character. So there's a guy, Ammon. And uh, he was this he became a missionary and he was he actually went to go convert the Lamanites, those evil dark skinned people. And um, while he was there, 
he, uh, man, how did it go down? He was, the king asked him to like watch his flock or some shit. And while he was doing it, there was this band of people that were like scattering the flock. That's what it said. So I, I kind of equate it to pranksters yeah, or something, like right? It's like cow, just... yeah, it's like cow tipping. You know what I mean? They're just fucking with some sheep, whatever. Get out of here, flock. <laughs> so all the other shepherds are like, well, the king is going to kill us. Clearly we lost the sheep, so we're dead. And uh, Ammon's like, no, no, we can get the fucking sheep back. That is our job. So they get the sheep back and he's like, don't worry, I'll protect you. And so when the little band of ruffians came back, he pulls a sling out and just starts killing them. <laughs> and and he actually, he killed five of them before they even noticed what's happening. So they draw their swords, which apparently they had, and they come rushing the guy and he goes, I'll kill Bill on him and just chops off all their arms. And I'm just reading this like, they were what? just fucking with your sheep. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, and then he bagged up all the arms, and he and he, uh, <laughs> he brought the, the bags before the king and dropped them down as like proof of how how what a good subject he was. And I was just like, this story is this is a fun one. That was a fun episode to record. When does yeah. Ned Stark come in? No, I think he was dead before this was written. Surely <laughs> he got it. They have his arms in the bag. That's the problem. His yeah. head's in there too. It was his head, though. I don't think I've had a beheading yet. It's it's more arm. Ammon yeah. likes Ammon likes chopping arms, but he he's by far been my favorite character. He was just he just didn't even like oh you want to fuck with my sheep you will all either die or be dismembered. Wow, <laughs> no questions. I have to think that like losing an arm probably is not like good for you anyway. It's not like you're to be like oh I lost an arm. Can I get some ant no no antibiotics? I'll just <laughs> die more horribly. Great, thanks. <laughs> That's awesome. I love the idea too that he just had it like he had the forethought to bag up the arms because I would I probably would not I admire that actually because no part of me would be like oh, I gotta save these arms for later. <laughs> I mean this is like before refrigeration. I would just be worried they'd go bad. Well, the best part is when the king sees what he did, the king's like, "Man, I've been killing shepherds for losing sheep. That was probably a dick move because they seem like they're pretty up upstart guys there." Yeah, <laughs> and then the king gets uh, like overridden with guilt and converts. Because apparently that was his thing. If you lost a sheep, he just killed you. It was like, this is just such a great society. I love these guys. But there's been some pretty good battle scenes in there. And I've been told, because people warn me, like, cause there's some of the parts of the book just get really boring and they get all preachy and I just get all depressed. And well, then I just start drinking more because there is a drinking game in the show. So that's helpful. So every oh, time. Explain it to us. Explain it to us. Yeah. Every time uh, the word yay or it came to pass. You have to take a drink. And it's funny. This was actually uh, the idea came to me through an iTunes review. So someone actually said in an iTunes review, hey, here's an idea. Let's drink every time. Yeah, here it came to pass. And I was like, fuck it. Sounds great. So I started doing it. And I thought maybe this is annoying. So I stopped it doing it. And the one episode where I didn't do it, oh, my, I don't think I've ever gotten so many emails. People saying like, dude, bring that back. So it just now it's just absolutely a thing. And there have been some shows where. Oh my god! I think the record was seventy-two drinks in a like, one-hour episode. It was insane. But on average, it'll take you. I do the math, and if you go to the website, which I guess I can plug right now, my book, mybookofmormonpodcast.com, under every show, I do the math and tell you how many beers it'll take to get through an episode. I think the last one was, I don't know, six maybe. So you you get good and tanked if you really do play along. Holy shit, six beers in an hour? Yeah, I think you That's would. pretty good. The record was 17, and I actually put a disclaimer under that one, like, do not play along. I will have nothing to do with any legal responsibility if you decide oh my to play God. along today. But uh, yeah, it's 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 good for the preachy chapters, because when they just get into, 
oh, if you're good, God will take care of you. And if you're bad, he won't. I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, stop talking. But but there has been enough action in there. It's a pretty good story so far. I'm interested to see what happens next. I'll admit that. So now you are on Patreon and you do get money donated to you, but you don't keep uh, some of that money and the money goes to pay for the podcast. But then any excess, uh, you're, you're donating to charity. Can you tell us about the charity? Yeah, so one of the things that really kind of got kept me going with the show was how many people were emailing me saying, I don't believe any of this nonsense, but I'm I'm trapped in this culture, especially people in Utah, because they're just it's you know, people can lose their family, their jobs. And if they go to BYU, they'll get kicked out. I mean, it's it's a pretty big deal. So you you have to play along. Right. And and go to the service with a smile and all that stuff and wear your fucking underwear and everything else. So, and, but, but there were so many people reaching out to me saying, I just don't know how to leave. Right. And, and some of them were quite traumatized by it, especially some people that were homosexual or wait, are we allowed to say that yet? I can't remember now. <laughs> is that a, <laughs> it's a I can't gay remember. Is what gay ish. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, people that, you know, had, had realized, what you know had come to terms with their sexuality but knew that it meant an end to everything they knew right and it's even more pressure there and so uh, you know my heart just started going out to these people and there was one person in particular her name was taylor and her story was just especially heart-wrenching and so i decided there's got to be some type of organization that can help people like this and so i did quite a bit of searching and research and found a place called whitefields educational foundation and they specialize in therapy and counseling for people leaving faith and especially with Mormonisms because they started in Utah. And so I connected with them and said, you know, Hey, can I give you money? And they seemed to be okay with that. So we actually set up this scholarship where, uh, people that can't afford the counseling because it is, it's a nonprofit organization, but they do, you know, have to pay for services sure. and facilities and stuff. And so the scholarship that we set up is for anyone that needs that type of assistance but can't afford it, then the scholarship will pay for it. And so one of the, after we I thought you know I set it up and we did it and it was kind of cool. And then after I think a month they uh, maybe two they actually wrote me and said just so you know there's two people that probably wouldn't be alive today without this and that just wow. floored me. I mean I I actually had a whole episode where I was like. All right, fuckers, pony up more. This is a bigger deal than I thought it was, <laughs> you know. That's amazing. And the uh, the Patreon really grew after that because, you know, I I didn't quite realize just how how traumatic it could be to be that trapped and have nowhere to go. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm really happy with with the amount of support that the listeners have given uh, to help support that cause. And I'm just, I mean, because it is. There's the whole doctor-patient confidentiality. I don't get the details of what's going on, but um, they did. You know what they told me is that there was two people that were literally at the point of suicide, and without this, they may not have might not be alive today. And so that was uh, it was a big wake-up call for me, and it just really motivated me to keep going and and go all in. So, so anyway, it's called the Taylor Scholarship, and you can see links for it at the website at mybookofmormonpodcast.com. Man, that is awesome, truly man. awesome work, man. That that you're that you're doing the show and you're you've got this hobby and it it self sustains and then you push that right back directly into the community affected. I, I just think that's, I mean, that's it's really unique and it's just a tremendous thing for you to do. So, I applaud it is pretty you amazing it. too that I just started out thinking maybe I could make some people laugh, right? You know, and then it it grows and I think you guys have done a lot of that too with Doctors Without Borders and Kiva and you can probably rattle off more, but. 
You know what I mean? You just start out thinking, maybe I can make some people laugh. And next thing you know, it's like, wait, we could we could do something good here, too. So, yeah, it's a pretty rewarding feeling. That's awesome, David. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. And uh, and we hope that our listeners go check out your, your show, My Book of Mormon. So we want to thank our uh, most recent patrons. Uh, we'd like to thank Michael, Christopher, James, Craig, Pekka, and Alec. Thank you all so much. Uh, we appreciate all the Patreon donations, especially all those people who give us money grudgingly. We really appreciate the grudging <laughs> of the money that is given. Uh, and that makes that makes that, that Patreon donation all the sweeter, in my opinion. <laughs> the more... The more it hurts for you to give. The more you're, you you actually dislike when that charge comes through. <laughs> the better, the better off. off. We are. Just it's just sweet. It's like it's like the tender flesh of a young lamb, and God is just loving it. So thank you all so much. We got a few emails we want to burn through here real quick. Uh, we got an email from Esme Tom, and Esme is going to get David Cross on our show. Yeah, that's what she says. Uh, well, she doesn't actually say that at all, but. Um, she does say that, uh, and she, she she's left us voicemails in the past, but it's been a long time of silence. A lot of radio know, silence. A lot of radio silence from Esme. It's, uh, but we're we're super glad to hear from her. She said that uh, she was pleased to find out that we also like David Cross. I fucking love yeah, David Cross. Yeah, David Cross is that, amazing. That guy's stand up yeah. is is legit, um, and I could probably actually quote about half of one uh, of his awesome. acts because I love he it. He is great, and he's the. Like I, the best part about David Cross, if you've never heard David Cross's stand-up, is David Cross has no boundaries. Like he, no. like he has no boundaries. He will say some shit that you think is so off limits. It's so far <laughs> and just out of the realm of comedy. And he will see, like he makes jokes about the mentally challenged, and you're just like, what the fuck? Oh my god, it's hilarious. I mean, it is really. I mean, and I love it just because it's so shocking, but also very intelligent and funny. So if you have never listened to any David Cross stand-up, you should. He's so funny. We got a clip of Angry Koalas that is amazeballs. <laughs> it's so crazy. So now, like, the clip I played for you guys back when we had Jake on, I think it was Masturbators for Christ was the name of the episode. I think it's 181. Uh, no, I was. I want to snuggle the fuck out of you. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> I love these are the names uh, of our episodes. Episode one out of one eighty one. Uh, Jake was on, and I played a clip of of koalas fighting, but it was a different clip. I played a clip where people were outside. This is a clip of koalas fighting inside, and they're like, and they get into this part at the end that is just absolutely insane. Should I play it, Tom? Yeah, dude, you got to play it. It's great. All right, it's great. Our listeners need to hear this sonic love. I saw a sign. They just they just push each other until one gives up. Look how slow he's attacking. It's awesome. <laughs> it's too weird sound. This is the most boring. Boring fight I've ever seen. Oh, oh, here we go. Oh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god, this is funny. Oh god. Goodness, goodness. Goodness, goodness. That is not real. Oh my god. Serious. 
What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Tom, that sounds like you have the Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I actually kind of thought you had taped me for a moment. I thought this is a practical joke. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you, Alex. That's so funny. That is a tremendous sound. So we got a, a message from Philip, and Philip has a suggestion for people uh, talking about godparents and guardians. He says uh, he was also looking for a secular alternative to godparents and heard about mentors. Um, he called up some friends who had the same sort of secular values as, as his wife and asked if they would take a special interest in our kids' lives as mentors. Um, there's no requirement for them to do anything and certainly not take on our kids in the event that we die. We gave them permission to step in without our knowledge and talk to our children and mentor them if they thought there was a need. We'll give our kids the same permission to go to them if they feel uh, if they need or feel that they need another voice that's not ours. I see it as a safety valve. Maybe one day one of my kids will think they hate me or it might become unreasonable and an outside vo voice may be very important. It gives me the hope if my kids want to uh, win somewhere that they would run to them. Uh, don't get me wrong. My kids and I are all good. Five and three. So this is all for the future. Um, I think that's a really interesting idea, and I guess I didn't really know very much about God parenting um, because I I just don't have any experience, any firsthand experience with God parents. Um, but Cecil kind of explained to me that <laughs> the God parent is a is a larger role than I had thought. Yeah, it's not just if you die; it's also they they are supposed to play some sort of role in your life as a as a person to sort of help you along on your first communion and things like that. So, and they're also, I mean. The, the godparent I had, my godmother, was actually, I was I was pretty close to. And I know other people that are close to godparents, too. We got a message, Tom. This is from Connor. And Connor asks an interesting question. He says, uh, how do you feel about incest? If you take the idea of, the most, of most liberal people, it's consenting adults. They can do whatever they want to do, uh, which is used to justify gay marriage and to justify polygamy. Then why not incest? If a brother or sister, two cousins, as long as they're both consenting adults and consenting age, why not? Uh, and he says, you may reply with the fact that inbred children tend to have more issues than those who are not, but that uh, is not impossible to allow them to have children on their own. Uh, I just want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, Tom and I, I think, stand together on this, Tom. Yeah, I don't really care if uh, I, I don't have I mean, I'm not interested in incest, but I don't care if other people yeah. have sex with their relatives. Like what difference? Like, how, what does that mean to me? Um if you're an adult and you're a consenting adult and you're of age, um, the fact that I happen to think it's kind of, you know, gnarly doesn't mean shit. Like, there's plenty of things people do behind closed doors that I might think like, oi, jeez, that's not for me. But, yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean that I think it should be illegal. And that's, I think, the conversation, right, is like, should gay marriage be allowed? And that's a question of legality. Um, and, and for me, it's like, well, I, I really don't give a shit if— a brother and a sister or two brothers or two sisters or a couple of cousins or fucking the whole family on fucking Thanksgiving Day want to get it on. You know, it's I might think it's fucking personally unappealing. I might think it's extremely personally unappealing. Yeah. Um, especially if you meet my family. But, you know, uh, no business of the government. We got a question from uh, this is from Sakura. We got a question about. Israel and TV evangelists in the United States. Yeah, so Sakura says that uh, I've also noticed that all of these evangelist pastors are completely obsessed with Israel and Jewish people. Not in the historical sense, in the present sense, too. Every channel has at least one or two programs a day that consists of some pastors sitting with a panel of one or two more Jewish rabbis and talking very seriously about Israel. 
What the fuck? It borders on idol worship. If Israel and the Jews are so fucking wonderful, how come all these evangelists don't just convert to Judaism? What the hell is going on? I get the feeling that the reason I don't understand this is because I'm not American, so who better qualified to remedy my ignorance than a couple of American atheists? And even if you're totally unqualified, I know you guys are awesome enough to have a stab at it anyway. Yeah, I think uh, one of the major reasons why they they really love Israel and why they talk about a lot about Israel is the end time stuff. So, uh, you know, a lot of evangelists are the end times type people, and they are talking about uh, they want to make sure that we're all buddy buddy with Israel because of that end times prophecy. I think that's a that's a major reason, Tom. There's also one other reason that you mentioned earlier too. Yeah, so they they have a shared history and that they share this half of the same book. So. You know, the Old Testament, you know, is shared between the uh, the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. Um, so they they have a they have a shared history there. Um, and so it's it, they're sort of inextricably linked. The Christian faith relies on the Jewish Jewish faith as its foundational, um, you, you know, Jesus can't come back and fulfill the law if there isn't a Jewish law to start with, right? So they they sort of have to incestuously kind of uh, feed off of one another back and forth um, in order for them to have some validity. So as a Christian, I don't think you could say the Jews have no religious validity because they're half of your book, you know? it's So, I mean, they might say, hey, you, you, you know, you're not 100% right. You've got some work to do. you got to get, you know, the second, you got to read the sequel, but... Um, you know, it, it's certainly the case that the uh, the Christians and the Jews obviously share a faith tradition. We got a message from uh, from Brad in Japan, and Brad says, uh, in your latest podcast, Fisher said the rainbow flag is the mark of the beast. If this is true, then I know the name of the beast, and it is Roy G. Biv. That's I thought that was great. great. That's very funny. <laughs> thank you thank very you, much, Brad. Brad. Uh, we want to say thank you again to David Michael from the My Book of Mormon podcast. You can find him at mybookofmormonpodcast.com. Tons of stuff. I mean, he's got a he's got a Patreon, but he's got he's got 46 episodes up. He's a funny guy. There's a drinking game. How can you not like this? This is all good stuff. Right. Uh, and you know, uh, we uh, are very impressed with his uh, with his charitable giving. We think he's a great guy and uh, and his show is definitely worth a listen. So if you have an opportunity, go check it out mybookofmormonpodcast.com. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. We are going to have a second show this week, uh, so stay tuned for that, and we are going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo-quasi-alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. 
The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.